the last couple of weeks we've been talking about staying on track, and we're actually gonna we're gonna finish that message uh, today, that three part series. But uh, if how many of you haven't been here on Wednesday nights? That's I mean that's great. I, I just want to see you because I'm gonna go back and some of that stuff that we've talked about on Wednesday nights will, will pop up today. You know we've talked about healthy, wealthy, and wise, staying on track in this year, 2013. Practical things that we can do in our body health-wise, practical things that we can do as far as our finances are concerned so that there's healthy and wealthy. And today we're going to talk about practical things that we can do to not just know the wisdom of God, but also to walk in it. That that's the, that's the key to a lot of this stuff. I mean, we all know what it takes for our body to stay healthy, eat right, exercise, those kind of things. But how many of you know that's the difficult part is doing it? Uh, you know, that's, that's the part that, that always trips us up. So as we've gone through and talked about the wealthy part last week, just to recap a little bit, the practical things we said were give the way that God tells you to give and live within your means. Those were the two practical things that if we can give what we have to God the way that he asks us, or we can say, God, I don't have control of all my stuff. I cede or give that control to you. That's what happened with the rich young ruler. And I think a lot of people say, well, the root of money is the root of all evil. No, it actually says the love of money is the root of all evil. And it's not the fact that, that cash takes you down the wrong path. It's how you handle your cash that takes you down the wrong path. It's said in Luke that to whom much is given, much will be required. That God continues to grow us. We talked about being priority givers, percentage givers, and progressive givers growing in the things that God has for us. Robert Morris is a pastor of Gateway Church uh, in Dallas. Most of you know Carrie Job or have heard of Carrie Job as a worship leader and a singer. She, that's the church she attends and goes to down in Dallas. And he said it's very humorous that people who say they give God 100% of their lives want to argue about 10%. That God asks us for, for all of our heart. He asks us to really lay down our life, pick up our cross, and follow him, to give him 100% of who we are. Then, then who are we to argue with him about if we're going to give him 100, why do we argue about 10? So just in your own finances this year, give the way that God has encouraged you to give. It actually says in Malachi chapter 3 that we can test him in our giving as far as the tithe is concerned. And, and I would even go as far as to say, you know what? I challenge you. Do it for three months. See what happens. Maybe you say, oh, I don't know if I do that. Hey, just try it for three months. Give God what he requires or what he asks of you and see if he does not come through for you over those three months. Today we're going to go on and talk a little bit about wisdom. And it it does line up with some of the things we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights we've been talking about discerning the voice of God. The fact that we can hear from God, that his Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. We've talked about, you know, how to be ready for that. We've talked about things like how God speaks to us and leads us and guides us. And last week we talked about really being in the right place at the right time with the right people and the right plan and and how important it is in our lives to be able to follow him. Discernment isn't a big word that says you hear from God. Discernment basically means that you can distinguish between God and all the other things. Actually, it just means that you can distinguish between two things. And as we talk about spiritual discernment, it means that you can determine or you can differentiate between God's voice and all the other voices that are out there. You guys face decisions just like I face decisions. And you go through stuff in your life the same way I do. And we are faced every day with choices. And if we don't trust in the Lord, 
if we don't trust in his promises, if we don't trust in his faithfulness, if we don't lean on him, we begin to lean on our flesh and our reasoning. And how many of you know that drives you crazy? Should I, shouldn't I, could I, couldn't I, will I, won't I, I don't know, I do, I'm going to, I'm not going to. And you just go back and forth. The only thing that does is it messes up your head. God has wisdom for you. He has wisdom for me. And all true wisdom comes from God. It says in James chapter 1, verse 5, you know this scripture. It says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of who? God. Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach. And then as it moves on all the way to the last part, it says that you have to ask in faith, not being wishy-washy back and forth, because that person is tormented and double-minded in all their ways. Many times, I find myself in that latter part of the Scripture. I've asked God in the beginning, but somewhere between me asking and him sharing, I have taken thoughts that contradict maybe the thing that God showed me. His wisdom in my life doesn't make sense to my head. So I begin to think about reasons why that that would work or wouldn't work. I'm faced with the decision, is it A or is it B? And I go back and forth, A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, I don't know, I don't know, know. I'll pick C. Well, that's not even a choice. Now you've introduced a third part. Now you're triple-minded. I hope I'm not the only one that that falls into this category or we're in a lot of trouble around here but it it just that seems to be the way many times when you talk to people they don't know and they come and they say pastor i need wisdom well this scripture doesn't say come ask pastor now that's all right i do have wisdom somewhere along the way given by god but more importantly i can say hey i don't know that doesn't line up with the word or hey that does line up with the word i can't tell you what god speaks to you i can tell you if it really jibes with what he says in his word but i can't tell you what god speaks to you It says, let every man ask of God when you need wisdom. And now here's the crux, and here's the deal here. It's not just ask God and then go away. It's about earnestly seeking the wisdom of God. Do you really want to know the wisdom of God? Or or are you only asking because you want to do that, because it says in the Scripture to, but you know you're probably not going to, to listen to or be obedient to what he tells you. You've already got a way or you've already tried to figure out something that what he told you the last time, it couldn't make sense to you. So I think sometimes we ask half-heartedly, God, I need wisdom for my situation. It says in Jeremiah 29 that God is not hidden from us, that we can find him. It says we will find him if we search for him or seek after him with all of our hearts, that the wisdom of God is readily available to you and to me. It even says in in James that we should be asking God for that wisdom, but I don't think we should be asking flippantly. I think we should be asking God saying, I really need your wisdom. Have you got in your closet and said, listen, God, I am not leaving this closet until I have peace in my heart as to what I'm supposed to do. You can call on him for wisdom. Ask, seek, and knock, Matthew chapter 7. And it says, if you ask, it will be answered. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be opened to you. So 
in that moment, on your knees before him, say, I need your wisdom. He may not tell you, A, B, C, D, these four steps, here's what you do. What he leads us by many times is the peace of God in our heart that takes away all the anxiety. You get all bound up and all worked up about what to do. Do you take this job or not take this job? Do you do, you do this or don't do that? Do you marry this person or not marry that person? Blah, 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 back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You get in your closet, you get quiet before God, and then he begins to give you peace in your heart. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts and in your minds. And I shared this story on a Wednesday night about Daniel, and he had a decision to make. and It was a pretty big decision, and I came home one day, and, and Elizabeth said, you know, Daniel's got something to tell you. And that's how many of you know that. Oh, boy. Let me sit down. What do we, what do we have going on? He's our son, and he's 23. But uh, he's making some decisions. And, and, he, and he, he told me about the decision, that, that, that what he wanted to do. And, and I, again, I, I don't know what God's telling him. But I, 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 I do know that what he said to me didn't make sense. That I, I, actually, I just walked away. But then I came back after he told me. And by the time we were done discussing it and going back and forth, I said, listen, you're going to just, just ask God, and you're going to have peace. And I, but I believe that whichever one you do, if it's God, it's going to be great. I've been wrong plenty of times with him. He has told me things that he felt like he needed to do that I said, I don't know about that, man. But he said, I really have a piece about this, and I'm telling you, those things work. I've been right on some instances, too, and you learn from that. But you have to follow the peace. If you ask God for wisdom, he will, he will begin to give you that wisdom, and you'll know that wisdom by the peace and rest in your heart. And so he had no peace, and he had no rest. And that was late on a Thursday night when we were discussing it and going over it. And so I left and just said, you know, went to bed, hey, it's, it's all good. Whatever one you pick, you feel like's right, I'm going to be behind you. It's all, it's all good, I'll be behind you, and I'll believe that it'll work with you. But you just got to know it's God, man. That, and that's the way we've trained him, and that's the way we've raised him. So the next day, I was in India, and I was on my way home, and I got a call. You know, and he, was, he called me, and I said, what's up, man? And he said, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and do what, what, you know, what you thought. I think that's the right thing to do. And I said, well, don't do it because don't do it because I said, or don't do it because that's what I you know I would do. He said, no, no, I was up till five o'clock in the morning, wrestling with this thing, going back and forth and back and forth. I had no rest, had no peace, but I finally have peace that this is what I'm supposed to do. So you know what? I'm just going to do it. That's what we got to do. If you ask for wisdom, then take his wisdom, take that peace, and begin to put it to practice in your life. Don't take it and then go away and try to reason it about. Because your wisdom will never take you anywhere. It'll take you off track if you don't listen to it. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul was saying, and we've shared this scripture a few times in the last year. Paul said, you know what? I am asking. He's talking to the Ephesians here. And he said, I am asking that the Lord God of our Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That wisdom comes from God. And Paul said, look, I, I, have, I have preached to you. I have shared with you. But I am telling you, I'm praying that God gives you the true wisdom and revelation. And that word 
in James of wisdom, and that word in Ephesians for wisdom, and that word in Colossians for wisdom, and that word in Luke for, for, for wisdom, is this Greek word that says it's called Sophia. And it means that it's practical wisdom, comprehensive insight, and a right application of the knowledge. It's not just the wisdom of God, but it's also contained in that wisdom the practical application of it in your life. You are asking God not for some unknown truth. You're asking him for wisdom about your particular situation. And this word that Paul uses here in the Greek says that that word won't just be wisdom to you, but it will be practical to your situation. There'll be practical application, which means you can use it in your situation. See how his peace always fits your puzzle. I think sometimes we think that God leaves us half hanging. Nope. We just have to be able to discern what his truth is and understand that that truth is applicable to our situation. There is wisdom in the word of God, and it is applicable to your situation. I know it doesn't say if your car is broken, the Bible, you need to go to this place to get it fixed. But it does say if you need the wisdom to find out where to take care of your car, ask God. It may not explicitly be spelled out in here, but it will lead you to the place where you can find the answer. And as you, I'm telling you, have you done this? You say, okay, God, I got to get my car fixed. I don't know what to do. You say, well, that's just getting your car fixed. Yeah, but one place may do a great job for cheap and one place may do a cruddy job for a lot. And God knows that. There have been times where I've had to go someplace different than somebody that I knew. Like, I know this guy. I, 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 I feel like I should go there because I owe him something. And God says, well, do you want to do it my way or do you want to do it your way? Well, I want to do it your way, of course. It won't always make sense to your head, his wisdom. But if you'll follow his wisdom... It'll take you down the right path, and it'll keep you on track. That's what we said in, in, in Proverbs chapter 3. That was our scripture for this series. It said that if we will acknowledge him in all of our ways, if we'll pay attention to him in everything and everywhere, everything we go and everywhere we, or everywhere we go and everything we do, he will keep us on track. I'm telling you, he wants to pour this out in your life on a daily basis. There is a gentleman that Kenneth Hagin tells a story about. He's an older guy who was an investor. He had cash, and he invested it in the stock market. And he was talking to Kenneth Hagin one day, and, and he told him, I've never lost a dime in any of my trades. I, I, I sell what I'm supposed to sell, and I buy what I'm supposed to buy, and I've never lost a dime. And he said, well, how, how, how is that? How does that work? I mean, we would all want the secret I'm not saying go home and pray and God's going to tell you what stock to put your money in, but if you would have put it in Netflix last week, you would have tripled your money in a day. Just saying. I, but who knows? I didn't know that. We usually find those things out hindsight, right? It's just not for you. It's okay. But this guy said, this is the deal, man. I, mean, I go in my closet, and when I have to make a decision, I say, God, I'm not going to leave until I have a peace in my heart as to what decision to make. And he said, then the key to that is not just to get the peace, but then when I walk out of that closet to sell what he told me to sell or to buy what he told me to buy. And he said, since I have done that and put that to practice in my life, I haven't lost a dime. Every decision that you face this year, he has an answer for. 
He's given you wisdom in the natural. He's given you experience where you've learned things. But he's also planted on the inside of you the Holy Spirit. And if you will seek after, if you'll seek after his will for your life, his wisdom, if you'll seek after Jesus, he will open to you hidden treasures. It says so in Colossians chapter 2. Paul's also speaking here. Now realize in Ephesians 1, he said, I am asking that the Lord Jesus Christ gives you wisdom and revelation. Then in Colossians chapter 2, he also says, my goal is that you may be encouraged in your heart and united in love so that you may have the full riches of complete understanding. The full riches of complete understanding in order that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ, they're hidden in Christ. That as you seek, as you draw close to him, those wisdom, that wisdom, those hidden treasures are revealed to you. Now this is, this, if you look in Luke chapter 2, verses 40 and 52, it's a, it's a, it's a time and a period where, where Jesus was young and he was growing up. And in verse 40 it says there was a child, this child grew up healthy and strong and he was filled with wisdom. Not only wisdom, but God's favor was on him. And then in verse 52, again, it's talking about him in, around here. And it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Now, why is that important to bring that up? Well, it did say in Colossians 2 that all those true wit riches of understanding and that wisdom and hidden treasure reside in Christ. This scripture in Luke this passage begins to talk about the fact that he was full of wisdom. He was full of favor. Why is that important? Well, you're part of his family, and last week we were excited about the blessing being passed from Abraham to us through Christ. That as we enter into a relationship with Jesus, that opens us up to the blessing of Abraham. Now, if you go to John chapter 16, starting in verse 13... It says, however, when the spirit of truth has come, that's the Holy Spirit, and Jesus was speaking to the disciples at this time, and he was trying to encourage them that, listen, I'm going to die, be crucified, shed my blood, but listen, I am going to raise again on the third day, I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father, and I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, the helper. They don't quite understand all of this, but he's trying to explain it. Now, this is why... It's important for us as believers to understand and know that the Holy Spirit is alive on the inside of you, that you have an opportunity to communicate with God. It goes on and says, not only will the Spirit of truth come, but he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and whatever he will tell you, or he'll tell you things to come. We've heard that scripture. We've read it plenty of times. We stand on it that he's going to show us those things. We think, you know, hidden wisdom, all that kind of stuff. He's going to show us things to come. Yeah, that's all true. But remember, true riches of knowledge, wisdom and the hidden treasures, favor wisdom from Luke, are all in Christ. The next verse in 14 says, He will glorify me, the Holy Spirit will glorify me, Jesus said, for he will take of what is mine and he will declare it to you. So now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have access to that wisdom. He didn't say in James, ask God for wisdom and hope you get it. 
It was said in James, ask God for wisdom because you can get it because it was in Christ and the Holy Spirit has come to reside in you and he will take what is Christ's and he'll give it to you. That's great news. That's great news. That, that's wisdom from God. That, that says not only does it say in the Bible I can ask him, but it says, you know what? I have a right as a child of God with the Holy Spirit alive on the inside of me. I have a right to that wisdom and that the Holy Spirit will give it to me. That's good news. But you have to go after it, and I have to go after it. In 1 Chronicles, it's a story of Solomon, and Pastor Pam shared about this a couple weeks ago at the end of the year about about discernment. Solomon could have had anything. God told him, hey, ask me whatever you wish, and I'll give it to you. As he came honorably and humbly before God, God said, you ask me for anything, and I'll give it to you. And we know what he asked for. He asked for wisdom. He asked for a discerning and understanding heart, not for himself. He asked for the people who he ruled. He asked that he could have wisdom so that he could lead others in the right direction. That wisdom, yes, helps him, but that wisdom, more importantly, helps him lead others. If you haven't been around, we talked at the beginning of the year about 2013 being a year of opportunity, that his door would open before us to blessing. And that blessing would bless us, but that that blessing in us would flow through us to be a blessing to others. It's the same principle. That wisdom of God that's on the inside of you flows through you to begin to open up people's eyes to the wisdom of God. Solomon knew that. Now, we just said in Colossians 2 that the full riches of complete under this is a lot is this still in colossians 2 it says the full riches of of complete understanding and all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in christ you ask for wisdom you seek jesus and you receive all of this solomon asked for wisdom and god said because you have asked for wisdom i will give it to you but what else will i give you all the riches that they, they both came together for Solomon, and they both come together for you in the New Testament as a New Testament believer. That word in the Old Testament, in First Chronicles, and then in Proverbs, and then in uh, Psalms, and all those different places where God talks about wisdom, that, that word that is a Hebrew word, and it basically means the same thing as the Greek word did in the New Testament. The one in, in the Old Testament, if you go there and read that, it means skillfulness, artistically or morally, and it's biblical wisdom that unites God's wisdom with your daily living. That's the, that's the Old Testament word for wisdom in that case. It, it took the wisdom of God and it mixed it with their daily living. But here's the deal. They had to go to the prophet or the king to hear that because not everybody could hear from God, right? We've been through that plenty of times. But in the New Testament now, different word because one's Hebrew, one's Greek. But the meaning is still the same. But here's the deal. It's applicable to you in your situation was what we read. So the wisdom of God in the New Testament, as you're a king and a priest now, you have access to it through the blood of Christ and the Holy Spirit. Now he pours out that wisdom just like he did with Solomon. But if you ask for wisdom, you'll end up with his knowledge and those true riches from the kingdom. Solomon ended up with knowledge, wisdom, the discerning heart, and all the riches of the kingdom. My question is, how badly do we seek that wisdom? God asked Solomon, if you want anything, 
You name it, it's yours. He said, I want wisdom. Beyond all things, I want wisdom. Now, I bring that up not to throw stones or to cast stones, so if your toes get chopped here, don't worry, mine did too. How many of us this year on our goals or on our, our things that we wrote down that said, I really am believing God for this, how many of us had wisdom in that list? You know, how many of us said, you know what, I want wisdom. I, not just my brother to be saved, not just for my finances to work, not just for my job to be okay, not for my marriage to be all right. Those are all great things. But, but, but how many of us really said, you know what, above all, I want your wisdom. I want your wisdom so that I can, in this year, I can discern truth. I can follow after you. I can know what to do in every situation. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 through 7 says, get wisdom and get understanding. Again, it's written by Solomon. So, I mean, he, he, he understands what this means. But he says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Goes on then from there and says, do not forsake wisdom, for she will preserve you. Love wisdom, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. In Proverbs chapter 3, we won't have to go there and read that, but in Proverbs chapter 3, 13 through 18, it says wisdom is better than fine gold, silver, rubies, that if you go after wisdom with all your heart, you will be like a tree planted by the waters, basically. Just like it says in Psalms chapter 1 and in Jeremiah chapter 17. It talks about all the goodness. See, now, it's all the riches. It's all the stuff. Wisdom is more important, and if you'll seek after wisdom and God pours that into your life, that will turn your world upside down. Now, we would like him to tell us about every stock that's going to change tomorrow so that we could do that. Well, maybe that's not your thing. I know we all want it to be because (laughs) we want to be rich. You could ask him for the Powerball numbers. You don't think God doesn't know where they are? But I think it goes along with that thing that says sometimes you ask amiss. So we make it on target by saying, but do you know what the tithe is on 500 million? The church wouldn't have to worry about anything, God. We sugar up our asking a little bit. But who gets to 450? You. How about asking God this? Even when we're convicted on that, I'll say this. God, I'll give you 450. And I'll take 50. Who wouldn't 150? Not my arena. Not my thing. Ask according to his word and his will for your life. Sometimes we get outside of that and we begin to reason things in ways that things could be fixed, people's lives could be changed, the church could be different. And so we begin to ask out there. But God says, ask according to my will for your life. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Practical things that we can do to make sure that we walk in wisdom. They're not anything new, and we've been talking about this really for three weeks on Wednesday nights. If you haven't, if you haven't been here on Wednesday nights, you can get online, victorylafayette.org, go to the media section, the page, 
click up the, the, the player, and you can listen to all the messages that we've had done over here for the last three years. You can listen to anything you want. But the discerning ones, finely tuned, is the name of the series. We talked first about walking humbly and, 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 and honoring God and ways that we could be in a position to hear from him. The second thing was, this is how God speaks to you, how he speaks to me, how he leads us, and how he guides us. It's not what we want. It's not the way we think. It's not how we would probably do it. We, we want him to call us on the phone and say, this is God, and you need to. But he leads us by that still, small voice in our heart. And we talk about it, that whole thing. And then last week, we talked about the right people in the right place and the right plan. That, man, I'm telling you, it is important that not only do you be in position to hear from God, but that you understand how he leads us so that we can be in the right position with the right people, with the right plan. You don't want to be down Highway 4 when he's down Highway 72. Well, God will make everything happen. I, I, God can, but God rarely blesses disobedience. And we use Pastor Bill as an example in this. I'm telling you, there's a right, there's a right plan, a right place, and a right, right people for you. And you need to follow the wisdom of God that he gives you so you can be in the right place at the right time. Pastor Bill had decided that he didn't want to go to VBI anymore when we lived out in Tulsa. Short story here. He decided that he would be a manager of McDonald's instead, and so he worked the night shift at the McDonald's near the airport. Nothing wrong with having that job. Would have been a great job, but it wasn't the job for him. But it was his way to try and provide for us. It was his answer to a tough situation. And while he was in the shower, God spoke to him. God speaks to her in the tub and him in the shower. So get in the water, and God's going to talk to you. That's what my brother says. My brother says, Mom, I, gotta eat some. I need to go from, hear from God. Get in the tub. Just, just stand in it. I don't care if there's no water in it. Just get in the tub. That's where you hear from But God spoke to him and said, listen, if you don't go back, you're going to miss the timing and the plan that I have for your life. So I, he went back. He said, okay, you hear the wisdom and then you act on it. The first thing that's very practical is that you have to have a reverential fear of the Lord. We talked about it on a Wednesday night a reverence and respect and an awe for him in such a manner that says, I won't do anything to disappoint you or be disobedient to you. I want to follow you with all of my heart and I want to honor you. Respect and honor have gone the way of the wagon wheel in this country. We don't think that we have to respect and honor anybody. Well, that's not true spiritual authority is important and it doesn't just mean that you have to be respectful and honor God that means that you have to be respectful and honor the people that God puts in your put in your puts in your life over you otherwise it becomes rebellion and that's that's not good right it says rebellion is the same as witchcraft it's, we don't want to get into that so with God though it says in, in Psalms 111 this is why the fear of the Lord I mean it's important for a lot of reasons but if Psalms 111.10 is true, and it is, it says the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. Another scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you say, well, I want to come to him and ask him because I'm a child of God and I understand what you said, that the Holy Spirit's alive on the inside of me and I have access to the things that Jesus has. So I've come to him and I've asked him for wisdom. But listen, 
Are you asking humbly? Are you asking reverently? Are you coming before him and saying, Sir, I want to know what you have to say. It's the most important thing to me. And sir, I will act on it. You've had people who have come to you and asked you for your wisdom. You've given it to them and they haven't done it. And what would you say? They won't listen to me. Don't do that with God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The second thing, real quick, that you can do that I can do that's real simple. Ask yourself this question. When you end up in these positions where you don't know what to do and you're not sure, ask this question. What's the wise thing to do? You'll be surprised how quickly you'll know the answer. You'll be shocked. We want to make it this huge thing that we need to have a handwritten manifesto from God to help us make this decision. And God just has told you, just just do A. I need more than that, God. Just do A. More often than not, believers already know in their heart what the right choice is. We're not necessarily asking God for wisdom as to what choice to make. We're asking him more many times for confirmation as to what we have in our hearts. But we call it asking for wisdom. But if you'll stop and say, God, what's the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? We'll wear a what would Jesus bracelet. What would Jesus do? We wear that because it reminds us what would Jesus do? Most of us know that. So in your situation, what's the wise thing to do, man? Remember our scripture for this year, Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 17. says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as the foolish, but walk as the wise. Making the most of every opportunity in these evil days, right? Listen, I'm telling you, you ask yourself that question, what's the wise thing to do? More times than not, you're going to know the answer. Then the key is, do it. If you're like me, you've asked God the same question 10 times. That's happened to me plenty. I've gotten a little wishy-washy and I've said, come on, God, I've kind of become like Gideon and thrown down a bunch of fleeces. And I mean, I'm trying to like get 42 confirmations for something that I already, you know that you've been around the mountain with God six times and you finally did it. Well, why don't we do it on the first time? When you ask, he'll tell you. Then you act on it. The first thing, reverential fear of the Lord. The second thing is, what's the wise thing to do? You have the ability on the inside of you to know the truth. What we all need is the courage to act on it and live it out. The ability's there. We need the courage to do it. Sometimes that means not hanging with people you really like. Sometimes that means getting up early and doing some things that your body doesn't really feel like doing. But I'm telling you, God's heart for you is for good. If any man would ask you, me, would ask for something, how could we dare think that God would give us anything but what we asked for? We have our own children. If they asked for fish, we wouldn't give them a serpent. We would give them a fish. And he says, your heavenly father loves you more than you love your own children. It's Matthew chapter 7. He says, how how could you even think that if you ask me for something, I would give you something that would be detrimental to you? I love you more than you love your own children. You wouldn't do that, neither would I. 
That's my own paraphrase, but that's, that's what it says. And the third thing, and this lines up, I'm telling you, this lines up with what we've been talking about on Wednesday. So it was a little odd to talk about this because I feel like I'm just repeating the things we've talked about on Wednesday. But the third thing, most importantly, is you have to learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. That sounds like an old record, and it sounds like we just continue to say that, but I'm telling you it's the most important thing that I've ever learned in my life. Pastor Bill's probably taught me a ton of things in my life, but the most important thing that he taught me was how to be led by the Holy Spirit. He would ask me to go do something for him, and I'd say, what do I need to do? How do I need to do it? And he'd say, God will show you. I hated that. That was not the answer I wanted. I wanted a four-point thing, like this is what I do, this is what I do, this is what I do. He said, God will tell you. You know what he did? Those are the times where you stand outside the hospital room and you don't know what to do, but Pastor Bill sent you to pray for this person, so you stand out there and you pray like crazy and say, God, I really need you. I am more desperate than I've ever been in my whole life. I'm about to step into this place and I, I gotta know what you want to say because I don't have a clue. Then you listen, and then you trust him, and then you go in. We've tried to teach our children to be led by the Spirit of God beyond all things. We're not leaving them any money. We're, we're giving it all away. <laughs> There's not anything left for them. They can have whatever, whatever there is they can have, but there isn't anything. But what we will leave them with is the ability to follow the Holy Spirit because that's worth more than any, any amount of money, right? Let's stand up. I want to pray for you this morning. If you just want to bow your heads and just be quiet before the Lord, I believe that as we take a minute here in his presence, that he's going to speak to you. Maybe like it says in the word, he shows you some things to come. Maybe like that next scripture, maybe the Holy Spirit begins to take wisdom from the Lord and give it to you. Maybe in this moment, he gives you confirmation. What is it that you face in your day, in your life? What is it that you face this year that you need wisdom for? Let's do what it says in James and let's ask. Maybe you're here and you say, man, I I don't know. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, this is impossible. So that's kind of harsh. That's the truth. Spiritual wisdom is discerned spiritually. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the spiritual stuff doesn't make any sense to you. If you're here today and you say, you know what? That's the first thing I got to do. I got to get my heart right i, I got to change who I am. It says in the word of God that you acknowledge that he's the son of God, that he died on the cross for you, and that you invite him into your heart or you ask him to take control of your life, that he will do that, that you become a son of God, that you become like Christ in this earth. Your spirit man comes alive and now you can hear from God. Is there anybody today that says, man, i got to get my relationship right with God first before we go on? It's the most important thing. Most important, the most important decision you make anybody else today say that's me all right now this is it maybe you face some things in your day maybe you face some stuff that you don't know the answer to but you want to know it i would i just asked the first service i asked you to just raise your hand if you say that's me i faced some stuff i think we prayed about some of that in the beginning i faced some mountains some things father i thank you today that father i don't know what each person faces but you do You know the heart, you know the situation, and you know the mind of the folks who are raising their hand in this place today who are seeking you today for wisdom. And I thank you, Father, that in this place, 
you are not one to hold back from us what we ask. Father, it is according to your word and your will for our lives that we have wisdom and direction, and today we ask for it. And Father, so according to your word, we also receive it because it says that you will give us that wisdom liberally, Father, and without reproach. So today I speak in this place that you hear, recognize, and understand the wisdom of God. Father, speak to us today in this place. Now, there was another group of people I just wanted to pray for before we go, and it's this group. I fall into this one too. Sometimes. You're here and you say, I know what the wisdom of God is. I just haven't done it. Like, I, 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 I kind of know what he wants me to do, but I'm a little scared. Or I kind of know what he wants me to do, but I'm not sure. I'm kinda, I kind of know what he wants me to do, but I don't want to. Maybe you're here like that. You just, everybody's just praying. You just lift your hands, man, and say, that's me, God. I acknowledge it. I messed up. I, I want to do it. I want to do it. You know the wisdom of God. You just, you just have a hard time living it. Father, right now, Father, we remove the burdens and the barriers. Father, we remove pride in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that in its place is humility and reverence for the Lord. And I thank you, Father, that there is courage and boldness to do what you have shown us to do. Father, that we have asked for wisdom. You have given us that wisdom, and yet we've somehow stopped and not done it. I thank you, Father, that today you quicken in our hearts what that is and what we're to do. And, Father, there's an action step in the natural that we need to take. Give us courage to take it. And, Father, we know step by step we'll end up where you want us to be at the right opportunity in the right place with the right people and we thank you for it today in jesus name amen amen are you glad you came to church today huh that's good news you are the healthiest wealthiest wisest people in this whole city that's good news huh go and be blessed all right we'll see you on wednesday night next sunday We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.